0: And on the line with us now is an integral part of the Montreal Alouettes' offense. He is uh, trying to lead the uh, help lead the Montreal Alouettes uh, to a to a Grey Cup uh, berth. Uh, but first, we got to get through the Edmonton Eskimos this Sunday. On the line with us now is wide receiver DeVere Posey. Hey, DeVere, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me, Cliff and Tim
0: um uh, well you know usually what we try to find out uh, about uh your history of yourself through uh, through football and stuff like that but first i we, we have to at least ask i mean uh we know you, you are a, a vet itself of the of the playoffs itself we know you've been to the great cup um what's the uh what's the, the overall feeling of the team heading back into the playoffs especially for montreal too the, into the playoffs for the first time in quite a few years
1: oh you know the city's exciting um I think you know there's a buzz about the team and a buzz about the year we had and and you know I mean Kari mentioned it today you know it it was a successful year you know no no matter what happens in the playoffs uh, you know we we you know you can't take away the year we had and the games we played but you know just knowing the guys and you know and and the reason why this season was successful is because of who we are and and how we played those games and the in the fashion in which we won and how. Every team in the C F L knows, you know, when you play us, you know, it's gonna be a game, it's gonna be a dog fight, you know, no matter who's on the field and and that's uh that's the vibe I'm getting from this team, you know, this week, you know, we're ready, we're loose, you know, we, we're being who we are and we're excited to go put on a show for our for our fans. Um, you know, I I always wonder, you know, in the playoffs, you know, how, how normal can you make it? You know, how normal of a week can it be? How how uh can you stay in your routine? Can you do small things? Can you do like the, the things that you need to do to take care of your body like you normally would? But, you know, with the playoffs, you got extra interviews. You got extra appearances, family in town, you know, different things like that, different things to do. So I, I think that's the challenge for us. And we're all aware of that. And we're, and we're uh, staying on top of what we need to do.
0: And obviously you were uh, one, of the, one of the big free agent signings this year for the Alouettes. Um And you come into Montreal and then the, the – well, we all saw what happened at the beginning of the season. Uh, you as a, as a first-time player in Montreal, uh, have you ever lived through something like that before, whether it be in any professional football or your college career, where there was such a major change to the staff right before the beginning of the season?
1: Uh, no, nothing, nothing that, uh, dramatic, you know, prior to the start of the season, but I, I've i been on teams, uh, my second year with Houston Texans, uh, they, uh, relieved Gary Kubiak of his duties, um, mid season and, uh, Wade Phillips took over. So that's one thing about professional football that's inevitable is change. And, uh, I think a good thing that's, that's always, you know, that's always a positive is when you're able to you know, you know, stand the test of time and be able to, uh, you know, make it through the storm and still, you know, have the season that we had, you know, through all of that, you know, and it just uh, made my decision and, you know, the decision to come here just making me feel so much better that, you know, just how the, t- the teammates I get to play with. I mean, you know, you saw the guys that got uh, nominated Gino and burn and stand back and all our defensive players. And, you know, we go against each other in practice and, you know, when we all push each other on I mean, I'm just so, you know, happy to be a part of a team like this, man. It's, uh, you know, it turned around happened quicker than, you know, anyone could expect it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Cliff. All right. Well, DeVere, let's uh, let's take things back a little bit. Uh, you came from the Ohio State University. Uh, talk to us about that experience and uh, just, you know, just how, how do you think that shaped you as a football player playing in that system and then eventually making your way to the NFL and the CFL? Um in Ohio State, uh it's uh it's a place where you go and
1: and uh, either you you're, you're okay with playing in those lights and you're okay with playing in front of those people or you know, you become a guy who goes to Ohio State and just graduates. But for me, you know, I always, you know, embrace those moments, those big opportunities, uh, you know, those times to be competitive, you know, no matter what no matter what stage it's on and and just being at Ohio State and just understanding, you know, how important it is to be sharp in November. Uh, Coach Trestle would always say, you know, October's for pretenders and November is for contenders. And just, you know, every year around this time, you know, you just see, you know, different things happen with teams. And at Ohio State, we just learn to kind of just stay focused, you know, stay on your routine, different things like that. And it's uh, – I owe everything Ohio State, man. That place is – uh an amazing alma mater to say I'm from, and I always, you know, get excited to go
2: back. So, uh, talk to us about the horseshoe.
1: <laughs> the horseshoe is a an exciting place, man. It's it's. I haven't played in many stadiums like it. It's uh. It's almost kind of crazy just to think that, you know, I played in all of those games in the horseshoe and. I'll never ever get to play in there again, like ever. Like I'll never be able to put on a, uh, you know, uh, uniform and play in a meaningful game again. And and uh, that kind of like just brings things into perspective. You understand how special your time was. You understand how special this game was, or this kickoff return, or when the crowd did this, or they screamed this. You know, and it's just, you know, it, it makes it makes those moments um, solidified in your in your past. And uh, you know, I'm. The horseshoe is a great place to play football, man,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so if we ever get you ever get a chance to go there, Tim and I, and we just happen to you know drop Xavier Posey's name, are we gonna get all the love or uh, <laughs> people are just gonna be hating on us or <laughs>
1: uh, no nah, man I, could, yeah, I think you'll be good man i think uh I think you'll be good around there for most parties if you go there or go south of Columbus, you'll be okay with dropping Posey. <laughs>
0: Man, if I would have, I was actually in uh, near Ohio. State. I was in Columbus uh, earlier in in June this year. If I would have known that, I would have dropped your name like like a hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: you, got, you went to a Blue Jacket
0: game. Uh, no, no, I was there for an Arena League game.
1: Oh, oh I got you. I got
0: you. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, talk about uh, about your football and, and your career itself. I mean, it's um, when you got started as a kid. I mean, was it something that you 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 went into naturally, or was it? Uh, uh, something that you know, that some players they they are pushed or prodded or or by by their parents or a coach but what what made you get you into football as a kid
1: So oh, man uh, I I come from a football family I um my family my grandmother loved football my uncle played at Michigan I had a cousin who played at Miami of Ohio my brother played at Ohio University um I grew up you know, unfortunately, uh, knowing the Michigan fight song because of my uncle and everybody in my family, and, and I had uh, cu- cousins who played. And I, I remember the first time I, I ever got to see the game. My mom asked me to come if we wanted to go. It was a park around the corner from our house, and we kind of went over. and My cousin was playing, and and I just, I was just, you know, the the barbecue smell from the little league, like the, I just remember like the pickles and the sunflower seeds and. Just the, the cheerleaders, just the Saturday mornings in Little League football that made me just love football. We and I was like the youngest of four, so I would always be up there. I always had the first game of the day at seven thirty and then my brother played around mid morning and then my sister was a cheerleader for the older team. So after our games we would just stay up there and play football all day and just I had a youth where like it was my game and you know, I played basketball, and I ran track in high school, and, you know, and had opportunities to go to college from there, but ever since a kid, man, I, I always loved the game. It always came kind of naturally easy, the physical part, you know, the toughness through injury, uh, you know, just, just playing the game, being out in the cold, you know, growing up in Ohio, playing in the snow. I just, I've just i done it all when it comes to football, and me and my brother, uh, my brother played in the CBL for a while in the NFL, too, so... Me and football have a, a great relationship. I, it's the one thing I know you know, better than anything. I started the year before kindergarten. So technically, I started football before I started going to school. Wow, okay. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, seriously. You talk about a football life. That is a football yeah, no life kidding. right there.
0: No kidding. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, did, did anybody, any particular coach or any 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 coach or player that, that you looked up for, or, or a family member that, that you looked up in particular uh, when it comes to football that, that really got you in the right mindset saying, you know what, I love football, this is the reason why?
1: Um, I just guess, like, my uncles, you know, and just always knowing that I have a family member that played in the NFL. And... Uh, and also, just like my me and my brother, um, and just always having somebody that was kind of older than me, and just his awareness of like defensive players and stuff like that. And, and I would honestly say my foot, my like my two football heroes are. Um, this might throw you off a little bit. <laughs> my two football heroes are uh, Brian Dawkins, okay, um, uh, Donovan McMahon and uh Chad Johnson. So those guys to me and they and they all play an integral part in my like grew youth. Like Donovan McNabb was a quarterback for the Eagles when I got my first starter jacket. And so I used to wear number five because of Donovan McNabb. Okay. And uh it's the reason why I wear number five today and it's my wife's favorite number. Um but I, I grew up I was a big Donovan McNabb fan. Um uh, Brian Dawkins, like just watching him come out and just like who he became, like he he loved X Men. Like I used to love X Men growing up, big X Men fan. Like one of my best, one of my kindergarten friends, his dad named all his children after X Men, and uh and all his and his dog's name is even Beast. So like me and Brian Dawkins had like of spirits, we had a connection there. So I always loved Brian Dawkins and like. I don't know if you ever saw me on the sideline. I, I love to play with a similar passion and just will for the game and just calling upon, you know, just a spirit inside of you that only only the game they can bring out. Right. You know? and so I, growing up, you know, I used to love Brian Dawkins and, and Chad Johnson. When I started playing receiver in high school, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, Chad Johnson was at the height of his game at that time. And uh, just being able to see him, you know, every Sunday in a Cincinnati Bengals number 85 uniform, it was the reason why I wore 85 when I was in Toronto and when I was in high school. So um, I, I love Chad Johnson, and I know he's a former Montreal Alouette, yep. but, you know, I don't know if he remembers, but he brought me my uh, U.S. Army All-American jersey my, my senior year and kind of came, and I got to meet him in person. So uh, I'm forever indebted for that, but that was a dream of mine, but. Those are who kinda of like shaped my football mind and my football mindset and on top of everybody is my mom. You know, that's my you know, that's my number one cheerleader. She's my biggest fan. She loves the game and she always made sure she dropped us off, had all the right equipment and things like that. So those are the people who kind of shape my football youth.
0: That's nice, isn't it? Why, why'd you think it would throw us for a loop there, uh, DeVere?
1: <laughs> I don't I didn't know if you you know, uh didn't think that I, I would just like a wide receiver or something like Randy Marshall. I just, but I like, I like a quarterback or a safety and then got a wide receiver. Oh, no, it's uh, all time players.
0: Oh, no, I get it. I mean, it's, 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 it's the ones that stand out to you the most. I mean, it's, and, you know, to be honest, yeah. it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, as I said, players, I'm sure that of all the players that we spoke to, DeVere, they, they all have their favorites and may not be a wide receiver and maybe a coach and maybe, so it's, <laughs> You know, it, it's 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 really cool to see that. As I said, as you said, there are three, not just one, but there are three, including your mom, that yeah. you that you look up to. Yeah. So it's it it's, <laughs> it's really cool to see. Cliff.
2: All right. Uh, well, talk to us now about uh, coming up to Canada after you've uh, bounced around a couple of teams in the NFL. You decide to come up north and see how the how the other half live. Uh, talk to us about your experience with the Toronto Argonauts. Obviously, uh, you came in, you had Mark Trussman as your coach. Uh, you had a lot of former Alouettes on the team as well. And you managed to parlay that into a Grey Cup championship. So talk to us about your uh, your first impressions coming up to play in the CFL and how it compared to your time in the NFL.
1: Oh, man. I, I kind of, you know, um, kind of stumbled up here after... Uh, Felt like I was kind of like going through a barren football desert. You know, I had been cut from you know a few NFL teams. And I was kind of on the outskirts of uh, you know bigger names that came in the NFL and played at a younger age. So I kind of felt like you know my time was kind of fading down south. And my brother was playing in Winnipeg. It was his first year. Um, I was able to go to Toronto. I got cut from the Jets in 2015, and I was, me and my wife drove to Toronto first time in Canada um and we were able to see him play It was the last game played in the where the blue in the rogers center and um i kind of saw the game i was like man you can get a running start and you can play with all this space and all this room i was like i know i can i know i can ball up here i know i could play but i want to give the nfl another shot so i signed in denver 2016 and i kind of knew in the back of my head if i got cut again i wasn't gonna sit at home i was gonna go up there so I got cut i asked my brother if i could come to winnipeg and play with him but um found out toronto had my rights um so once i found out toronto had my rights i had to negotiate with spencer zimmerman and jim barker um first people i ever spoke with uh as far as coming up here jim barker told me over the phone he said (laughs) <laughs> I'll never forget it. He told me that I, I love football again. If I come up there, he told me that the Argos were gonna move downtown and they were gonna be a uh, you know a household name in the city of Toronto. They're bringing them back, you know. They're resurging. And at the time the Argos were really bad, um, things were with going well. Twenty sixteen, and kind of got up. At, you know, I kind of believe. I hung up the phone. I sat on the offer for like two weeks. Uh he called me with like nine games left and I and I agreed to come up with seven games left. So um I went to Toronto, didn't bring a big bag, I didn't know if I was gonna stay or not. Uh the first person I meet is Matt Black and Sean Lemon and you know, and kinda you know, me and Winston Rose, the D V from Winnipeg, we're on the same plane. Uh we get there, it's it's hard, it's tough. I want to go home after a couple weeks, guys. You know, I I tell Barker straight up, you know, I'm ready to go home. You know, I I don't know if this is for me anymore, you know. And kind of hit a wall when it came to football. I've been working so hard, and it just I was kind of, like, exhausted. Um, I had a talk with Ricky Ray. And uh, Ricky Ray, I didn't know who he was, you guys. Like, this guy was hurt. He looked like an old man. I thought he was a trainer on the team. (laughs) And like, I just like, like, I mean, like you guys got to think how Americans think coming up here for the NFL. I was in pick, you know, I'm like, man, who is this guy? And we're tossing. He's like, yeah, I played up here for so many years, this and that. And I've won this many championships. and, and, And don't get me wrong. It's not like Ricky's boasting. I had to pull this out of Ricky. And so he was like, I'm thinking about playing. And I'm like, all right. So like during that time, I'm on scout team, so Ricky's coming off a six game. Ricky's throwing the ball to me in scout team, so he's like, "We're going like I think I was like twenty and 0 in one on ones of that time. Like you know, scout team players do one on ones after practice, and but if I got lucky my first time. It was that was my quarterback. I had no idea who he was. He agrees to come back and play. I play in my first couple games in the CFL. I'm playing with Deontay Spencer, Brandon Whitaker, and guys like that. And, and you know, and I get knocked out. You know, Glenn Love knocks me out. And, and it's kind of funny that I got knocked out by Glenn Love because I didn't know if I loved football anymore at that time. But ever since he knocked me out, I've been playing the game with way more passion. I, I realized how much I loved it um and you know the rest is history you know we came back the next year Toronto happened you know things happened in 2017 and it was you know sort of uh you know things have gone that way but that's sort of how my career got started up here and I actually returned kicks too I have some returns some stats where I had to get on the, to get on the field in the CFL I had to play special teams so I did punt return. Um, and I'm and I was an anti gunner, and then I earned my way to be a returner, and then I was on kickoff return too. So I paid my special teams dues up here too as well. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that that work you did with uh, Ricky Ray obviously uh, paid off in spades in yeah. November 2017. Uh, talk to us about the the play, the play that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, more or less helped you guys seal that Grey Cup championship, and also too set a record for the most, uh, the longest play in Grey Cup history. You want to break that down for us?
1: Yeah, oh man, it was, I mean, it's actually uh, like everything in my life, you know, I, I fall before I get up and run, nine, you know, 90 yards and, you know, be one of the best CFL, you know, corners in the mm-hmm. league that year. But it was just, uh you know, backed up, you know, Tress called a double move and we needed a play and, I kind of got off the turf so I think I kind of caught Tommy off guard there and then after that just you know just made a play man um I've talked about this play so many times in the past and it's something that you know you don't realize the only thing I remember from the play is just catching the ball breathing hard and just you know being cold as hell running down the (laughs) sideline, and you know and but like that's but that's professional football that's that's you know, doing the thing, that's being sharp, that's doing everything you're supposed to do every single play and and um I'm just happy I didn't, you know, give up on the play, you know, and leave Ricky hanging there and you know, and I'm I'm forever in debt, you know, and in, in, in debt for that play. It's it's uh it's uh a play that I'll never forget and uh, hopefully, you know, a lot of Canadians never forget that too either and uh hopefully I can get give some
2: give some more memories like that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, funny thing about it, this, uh, and you'll appreciate this to this too, Tim. Devere, you were at, in that stadium. Tommy Campbell was in that stadium, as you said. He, you kind of blew him up a little bit. Tim and I were both in the stadium as media. Yeah. I mean, the fact that all this, and now we're all in a way, in a more abstract way, we're all part of this, this thing here in Montreal. I mean, it, it's crazy how football can sort of, Bring people together, and you don't even realize it at the time. But uh, now look what, where things are right now. Like just the, the fact that this Alouettes team is ready to go into a playoff game, and we're going to be a part of it at least in the stands, anyways. And then you and Tommy are going to be on the same team with the same goal in mind. Yeah, man,
1: that was. Uh, I mean, uh, he doesn't know, but like you know, him being here, you know, playing against Hinak Mwambo and you know that same year when he was in Saskatchewan. I know what type of player he was, you know, I played against Patrick Levels, and, you know, everybody knows who John Bowman is and, you know, those guys, you know, were a big factor and uh, the reason why I wanted to come here, because I knew this team, this defense could be really special and, and you know, and they played extremely well and all year and cheering them on and You know, a lot of of people talk about our offense and, you know, the cardiac kids or whatever, but, man, we got a cardiac defense and they have a post that never dies and they get better as the game goes on and they feed off of us and we feed off of them. And, you know, guys like Tommy and he knock, man, they, they make it so much more easier on our side of the ball.
0: It's funny, cliff, you you look at DeVere's, you know his his history and football and all the people that he's he's dealt with. It's funny with if we were to play a game six degrees of DeVere Posey, I think it'd work quite quite what quite well because considering everybody I mean Jed Johnson, yeah, you know how when he gave him your jersey and and he happened to play in Montreal. I mean, they it's like. All the roads lead to Devere Posey. What's what's going on here? <laughs> it's incredible. I, have, I, have I know. No idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Hey, I'm and, trying and, to make it, man. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it, too, Devere. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, with your the record that you set, your name is is immortalized not only on the Great Cup but also in the CFL record book. Because until, if we'll put it, if somebody happens to break it, your name's going to be listed in the, in the record book at with that record for for basically for all time.
1: Man, I hope. Uh, I hope uh, somebody. I hope somebody doesn't get a penalty on the five yard line and get backed up and do like uh, <laughs> a one on one yard. So. <laughs> I hope next time somebody plays in a great Cup is no penalties. It's all clean football. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's all we can yeah, ask for. But- Exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> so you've been, you've been obviously with being with other teams. You have played in Montreal before, but obviously now being a part of the Alou- it, Alouettes, it is it is a little bit different. How is it being? How yeah. different is it being a player who plays for Montreal versus a player who just comes in for one or two days, plays here, and then goes back home?
1: Um, it's uh, this place is a uh, place that's a fun city. You know, everybody knows the nightlife in Montreal. And and uh, I, I always like to say, I'd like to joke that, you know, it's a trap city for Kings. You know, we say, you know, there's, there's certain trap cities on the NBA, NHL, NFL, you know, probably NHL and, and you know, and baseball, cause they probably do longer road trips, Right, but those trap cities where you can go on any night of the week. You can go and have a good time. That's Montreal. So for us, have that awareness and to have that understanding and for us to kind of police each other and kind of make sure we're watching each other this season, um, I think we've done a fairly good job as a team, you know, you know, keeping our name out of the streets, you know, not having any, you know, things in the clubs or, you know, any bad news about our team. And I think, you know, I, you know, to date, you know, that we've been fairly lucky with that. You know with with the group of guys we have right. you know we have guys getting together from Bible study, you know going out to dinner, so that's one thing for a player you know just to be aware and be cautious of so that you can have success and then once you you know once you can navigate through that navigate through the city, navigate through the french <laughs> uh and the, then there's this overwhelming support, this overwhelming um what do I say uh group of I guess it's like a collective consciousness of people here in Montreal who love football and who love winning. Right. And to p- appease that collective consciousness with wins and with a great season, um, it's something that I'm experiencing for the first time and uh, something that guys who have been here for four years are experiencing for the first time. Um, people like Bowman and Christian Mann and, and LBJ, they know what it's like. Um, our supporting staff, our equipment managers, our training room staff, those guys know what it's like to win here. So for them to be excited again, you know, and to see the city, you know, to to go to the half game and just to have the overwhelming love and just, you know, walk around town and for people to be excited about the Alouettes again. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I – I, I honestly believe, you know, that was one of the reasons why I come. I wanted to come here was because of that chance, because of the opportunity to experience this town winning. You know, um, I spoke with Trestman like a few days after, uh, you know, I, I agreed to sign here, and, and I asked myself, can, "Can can you win in Montreal again? And is there like a, how do you do it?" Um, I'm not, and I'm not saying this as if like, you know. I'm a part of, I'm a member of a team, but I just wanted to know what it was like up here because I had never been to Montreal. I only played here once. So, and I asked SJ green and, you know, what it was like to win here and just the things that they told me and how they, they did things back then. And, and you, you get that same kind of feeling and, and I, and I feel like people are starting to feel that, that same feeling again. And they're trying to, you know, and it's and it's a, it's a good feeling to have it back in town, you know. Alouette's winning, I guess. How do you guys think? Well, guys
0: think? It, it, it's very different. And I was going to ask you because we asked this from a few players, you know, after the <clears throat> Calgary game, that infamous Firefly incident, you know, with all the all the uh, all the lights on when everybody turned on their lights for the for their cell phones. That is yeah. something totally new to Montreal. We've never seen that in years here. That, that I could I could even think of. And for that just to start, I think that that just shows how different of a, a not only a team. But how how different the fans are just this year because it, it's special. It, it really is. I mean, Devere, I've, I've had season tickets for twenty three years. This is something special, something I've never seen before
2: as a as a season ticket holder, and it's it, it's it's great to see. Yeah, and the energy uh, that from the the crowd, and you guys, I, I can see you guys feeding off of it. Yeah. Like, and I've never once like as as far as twenty nineteen alone. Like, just the way that the fans have not given up on this team. Like, Mm -hmm. even though I think back to the Winnipeg game. Like, you guys were down by 20 plus, 23 points. Like, that was the biggest comeback in Alouette's history. And you guys came all the way back and won that game. Uh, The the Calgary game as well. Like, I mean, just the energy from that. Like, just the fact that, uh, like, this, this team just does not give up. And the fans feed off of that. They... They get you guys hyped, and I can see it too. Like I see you guys in the in the the, on the sidelines. Like you guys are just feeding off that energy as well. And it's like nothing. It's been a long time. Let's put it that way. That since we've seen something like that here in Montreal, and I'm I can only imagine what it must be like for you guys as you're watching us in the crowd going crazy. And like, how do you not get hyped up for that? It's it's,
1: honestly you do. I mean, and, and it's it's the best part about playing in Percival Molson man is the energy in the crowd It, you know it's a it's a sexy crowd I don't know how else to say it man uh <laughs> the, I don't know if it's a, but the language the French language I just I don't know what it is man but the crowd is energetic and I guess the thing that I enjoy is the wisdom of the crowd the oohs, the ahs, the boos are, like, things that, like, I'm in tune with. A pass interference that was missed. Uh, An offside that was, wasn't was called. You know, you guys feel the way we feel. You know, the the Quebec people see the game. They see the real game. You know, they're not watching. You know, they're not waiting for touchdowns and just goals. You know, they're watching the game and seeing how things are developing. And I And I know that I found that I haven't played anywhere in the CFL where people call like that or where people understand the game that much you know the the fans in toronto they're they're a different type of crowd they're not as in touch it's not as as small-minded and 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 just the history of football in quebec just makes this place a a football rich history place and and
2: uh you you feel it for sure not just a hockey town yeah exactly yeah yeah Amen. Amen.
0: Um, obviously we know you have a, you have a newest addition to the, to the family recently. We want to congratulate you obviously on that. And, um, what we wanted to know is, uh, as a player and a father also, I mean, uh, how are you able to, 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 how are you able to, to wind down during the day? Because obviously you got, you have your film sessions, you you got practice, et cetera, like that. But how does Devere Posey, after he's taken off his, his helmet, put away his, his, his pad stuff and and left the uh, left uh, the big o for the day. How do you how do you wind yeah. down? What do you do?
1: You now for me, it's important uh, to to kind of get home and and lock in as far as uh just be a part of the family first, you know, and and within the season I want to watch film, I want to you know, get better critique myself, but I always need to, you know, a little space and time after for reflection. And you know, go to get my son from school, or if it's uh, time with the wife, you know, talking about the day. But just, just making sure I spend some time away from football. And then uh, once I put my son to bed, then I get right back to the football and open <laughs> film and and crack and crack it open. But. I think for me, um, I'm always constantly doing something with my body as far as, uh, you know, recovering, either it's a workout, a sauna, a steam room, you know, stretching, you know, massage, therapy, what have you, you know, acupuncture. Um, So if I don't have an appointment or if I'm not, you know, doing things, you know, to help, you know, stay healthy and stay on the field, um, relaxing, man. I'm watching a TV show, but I'm a simple guy during the season, very routine, I try to go to get in bed by 10:30 every day, and uh, and I just try to get up at 6 a.m. <laughs> and do do what I need to do in the morning. And uh, I need like an hour before I leave. So for me, rest and recovery is is truly important. Yeah. Um. And but also being able to take that time away from football
2: and and be with the family too as well. For sure, Cliff. And. Uh... It's funny that you you talk about like time away from football and family because uh, one of your tweets this uh, past weekend uh, really made me chuckle about uh, how great the maple syrup is here in Quebec. Uh, <laughs> what what prompted that? I mean, like you're not wrong. I, I'll tell you right now, you're no, not you're wrong. No,
1: you're not. So like we were we were at we were at brunch and my wife just is like, man, I swear maple syrup tastes so good in Canada. And I'm like, I'm like. You're right. It does. I said. I said maybe it's the trees. I said maybe because you know, there's a lot of maple trees up here, and she was like, "Kavir, look at the flag right now," and I'm like, "Oh yeah." I said, "Well, that makes sense." Like, (laughs) it was like a coming in Jesus moment for me right there. I I I hadn't put two and two together until that conversation.
2: Well, I'll I'll tell you what. uh, best part of like, again the maple syrup uh, industry in quebec is 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 fantastic because again you just you have so many maple farms here and you there, there's nothing better I, again i don't know if you're planning to spend the off season here in in quebec but if you are one thing we'll have to do is take you and the fam to uh, one of these uh cabano souks, as they're called uh it's basically where you get to see the where the maple syrup is made and just the Get get a chance to really get to see the product in in place and get to try it pretty much fresh from the source is is like nothing else. So if you're if you're if you're huge in maple syrup, we can definitely help you out with that.
1: Definitely, that's nice. I've been to a restaurant before that they they sold Vermont maple syrup and they and they sold it six dollars a bottle, like for like a pancake, and um, and so now I'm in Quebec. I'm like, man, all the syrup tastes way better than that stuff. Man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will admit. To, yeah, no. Yeah,
0: yeah. I will admit to DeVere, Sugar Shacks are our fun. If you ever have a chance, again, like Cliff said, if you ever have a chance to go to one, they're 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 a unique experience to say the least.
1: Okay. Yeah. Definitely. I'll check one out.
0: Yeah. Um, funny talking about food. Great segue, by the way. Good job, DeVere. Um <laughs> Talking about food. Um Obviously, you're living in a city that is is well known for for its you know multitudes of different types of food in the city. Anything since you've been here, or whether it been from before you came to Montreal, or now being as a player here full time, uh, anything that, that were where you some place that you have to go to?
1: Um, I'm a I'm a sweets guy, so I, I love sweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things that I like here are uh, you guys do it's called the drip the drapery. So I'm like a big ice cream like ice cream guy. I feel like if I work out hard all day I eat a smoothie I don't you know I don't eat many carbs I eat you know a salad for lunch and dinner I can I just serve ice cream cone before bed you know I've earned it you know I've I've been disciplined enough so I'm I I often eat ice cream you know before bed and the place with drippery is uh is like one of my favorite places they take the ice cream and they like dip it in like a like a I don't know what's it called but
2: like it gets hard and oh, okay and yeah yeah
0: it's like a like a hardened chocolate or something like that yeah uh, just
2: I to correct that, you so. just to correct you uh De it's la Dipperie. it's la <laughs> dippery yes i'm sorry
1: la dippery yes yes that's yes, 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 the name so yeah i, I love that place but I'm, a, I'm like a big sweets guy i like uh, i like a few things along there but i'm not really in the poutine i'm not really uh Big into like pizza or anything like that. Like I, I eat fairly clean and, and stuff like that, and we cook, we cook, we cook nightly, so mm-hmm. it's not it's not like a restaurant that I have to have or something that I really really love.
0: You actually answered our our next question we were gonna ask because we know you'd been here. As I said been here before as a player. Have you ever tried it though? Have you ever tried poutine?
1: Yes, I tried, Yeah, Boris Boris took me to El Pumaier, and uh, he, and he was like, you have to try this poutine. It's the best. It was okay. It's okay, (laughs) but I I can't. I can't lie. I did try mayonnaise and honey with French fries. That's different. Yes. Yeah. Different.
2: Different. Good or different bad? Um.
1: Different. Like I don't know. I don't have like. (laughs) I'm so on the fence. Like I taste it and I'm like. I don't know. I just. I just. uh, I was confused.
0: It's 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 unique. I, I mean, I'm still I'm actually I'm either a ketchup or a barbecue guy for my fries, but it's me too. Yeah, it's too. It, it could be uh, even you know some will have if it's not if it's not um, if it's not the mayo, it's actually old school with uh, salt and vinegar. I know a lot of a, yeah. lot, of my, a lot of my friends do that too.
1: Ah, uh, see, I was uh, speaking with a lady yesterday at the game about how people in Quebec have different tongues and different tastes for food. And it's things that work here, don't work in other provinces. So I can see that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Another great segue. uh, How how was your, um, your experience with the Montreal Canadiens?
1: Oh man, it was a great time. first hockey game ever. uh, And it was electrifying in there. Uh, It was a robbery game, as you guys all know. So, I love passion. I love, you know, just to see guys, other professionals, you know, at their, working hard at their craft. And I like to, you know, watch. And I watch close, man. Like, I'm like a kid. I, I watch for superstitions and, and warm-ups. And, you know, hockey has a lot of them. And it's, uh, it's a different game. I don't know much
2: about it, but I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they won, I think uh, I think you guys have brought the good karma. So hopefully that's going to come back and bounce it back on you guys. There so.
0: you go. There you go.
1: Even better, even better.
0: So let's uh, let's talk about the big matchup this week, Devere. Um, obviously, we know that uh, we we we're hoping you play. We know you've been fighting some, fighting a few things over the past couple of weeks. We we'll hope we see see you on the field to come this Sunday. But um, what what's your thoughts on on first of all, obviously it being the playoffs, yeah, and uh, uh, it, it being the uh, it doesn't matter who it is, but it, it happens to be the Edmonton Eskimos. But uh, what's your thoughts going into the game? She-
1: um, my thoughts on the game are, it's uh, you know we split with these guys and uh, they were a good team. No, nah, I have a team in their field the agency. you know they were supposed to be the team to beat uh, this year. So uh, they had you know the tough year they had, you know Wells or whatever. And, but they're a good team. They're a good defense and we're excited to go up against them. But I think it's uh, it's the same as use every week. It's about us. It's about what we do. Right. It's about how we work, how we execute. You um, we're playing at home. Uh, we need to take advantage of that. Uh, we need to take advantage of the crowd. We need to take advantage of momentum, um, and uh, just extreme focus during this time. Uh, it's not uh, where you play tight, but uh, I always say, you know, you know, preseason is one speed, regular season is another speed. And playoffs, you know, is your best speed. you know, and you just get through, you know, you get through however you get through from there. But we need to be playing fast. Everybody's going to be excited. Everybody's going to have time off. Everybody's going to have fresh legs. So it's, uh, it's just a it's moment, and uh, we're excited. Hmm.
2: Now coach Kahari talked about this being uh the start of a three game season essentially. Uh how do you as a as a player how do you get you and the rest of your teammates get into that mindset almost immediately because you almost have no time to prepare like you just as soon as the regular season ends boom you guys are right back into it. So how do you get into that mindset of you got to win the next three games to get to the champion, or to basically win the championship.
1: Um football is uh football is a uh is a simple game, you know. It's it's one play after another, and um, and that's sort of you know football parallels life. You know, um, coaches say that all the time. You know, you know football teaches so much about life, and uh, you, you know, you know you got to take one day at a time in life, and kind of you know maximize each day. Um, we're not trying to win championships tomorrow. We're trying to have the best day two possible, um, and then uh, you know Friday we're trying the best day three, and then on Sunday trying to have the best drive, you know, the best drives we have in the first quarter, the best drives we can have in the second quarter, and so on and so on. And, and uh with that, you know, if we're playing at our best, um, we can execute we we can be distinct and uh we can we can accomplish our goals. So I think it's more about that type of thing. Um uh, not really looking at the pressures of the the end result but uh maximizing each opportunity that we have.
0: It's all that we can ask for. It's all that we can ask for. Um, Devere, we we greatly appreciate your time, man. Um, uh, We know you have a family to attend to, but uh, we wish you all the best of luck uh, this Sunday. Um, And if anybody wants to happen to follow you on social media, Devere, how would they do so?
1: Yes, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at at Depo8, and you can follow me on Instagram at Depozy, P-O-S-E-Y
2: underscore. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, Devere, uh, you said it all. Uh, we definitely appreciate you uh, spending a little bit of time with us. And uh, again, we're, we're definitely looking forward to Sunday. It's going to be an absolutely electric atmosphere. And we just want you to go, you and the boys just go ball out and just, you know, like I said, have some fun. That's, that's what it that was all about. This is a fun thing. I mean, the fact that you we were going to be in a playoff game for the first time in five years here in Montreal is, is amazing. And the only thing I can say is just, I hope you guys enjoy the moment and just get her done, man. Just get her done.
1: Hey man. Hey man. Uh, yeah, I, I do, man. I just uh, it's a normal football man, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good so, mindset. It's, it's, Good mindset. Yeah, but it's but it's a, it's a it's a big one though. You know, it's your next one. It's the biggest one. So, but it's. Uh, we're going, we're going. We're going. I appreciate you guys having me, man. We got lucky the last last week of the season. We got one in.
0: No, it was uh, it was our pleasure, man. It, greatly appreciated, and uh, um, I'm sure the next time we see it, we'll make sure we uh, we come up and uh, uh, we uh, I introduce myself to you, but uh, make sure that we we shake your hand. Amen. Amen. All
1: right, uh, thanks a lot, have man. A good night. Goodbye. Okay,